Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Ravi Mara Podcast. On the show today, I'm going to be doing a little bit of Amebo because on this show, we do do Amebo things. <laughs> I actually have something that I think I'm not the only one that's been feeling this way and it is the feeling of not knowing what to choose. I think there's a, a name for it, something decidophobia, I think. And I've been wanting to talk about it for a couple of weeks, but each time I come on here, I just forget that, oh, this is something I need to talk about or ask you guys about. Outside of that, I have the Abebo thingy, which I feel like is the major thing I'm going to talking about because the other one is just like a question. To ask you guys if you have been in this situation before, what exactly did you do to overcome that? So yeah, when we come back from the short break, we'll get a jump into the conversation. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the show. My name is Maranasa Abusu, the host and producer of Rave with Mara podcast. Um, it's available on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, etc. So we'll start with the Amebo. Last week Wednesday, okay, no, let me start off from last episode. Um, I shared the story of a woman who has been married for so many years now. And unfortunately, her husband was sort of stealing from her and using it to develop properties in his name without his wife's knowledge. And when the wife asked for her money back, he started to gaslight her into saying stuff like, oh, wait, what have you been eating in this house? You know, and all of that rubbish. Now, uh, my friend Helen had said that, oh, why didn't I talk to her or sort of cajole her into coming on the podcast or even if it's to go on to her shop to have my recordings over there. And I was explaining to her how it's not a lot of people that want their faces to be on the internet, especially because they don't want to be judged. And sometimes these women also think, I don't want my husband to be looked at a certain kind of way, which is the way that women love sometimes. They love love themselves. And even when the their partner is mistreating them in quotes they also feel like oh i don't want people to judge my husband because in retrospect if they judge them they're going to be judging me as well now we went somewhere and we're trying to make inquiries for how my session would go which unfortunately we had to schedule that reschedule that episode because of a sort of miscommunication with the studio manager which i'm not going to get into but I'm sad about it because it was an overall experience when we had gone to check out that studio and I had spoken to my um guest expecting that um this would be a you know stroll in the park. My guest reset for the day we we some I think one already even left the house and then the other was had dressed up and left the house as well. But unfortunately, um, again, there was a miscommunication, but I don't want to get into it. Um, when we went to the studio to check out the studio, there was a show that was being recorded at the time we went. Now, prior to them getting started, because the guest was ready and then the host was, you know, still preparing and whatnot. And when eventually, before they started to record, this lady started to talk to us, you know, we're gisting and talking about a couple of things. And she said that um, she got married when she was 21 years old. 
and she started to open up about a couple of things that happened in that marriage and we found out that oh she had um left the marriage and sort of remarried you know and she opened up about a couple of other things which i think that when we say that women in their early 20s don't know jack about marriage i'm not saying that it doesn't work for a lot of people especially if this person has your interest at heart but in a situation where an older person is getting married to a younger person i feel like women who are younger don't know what they're setting themselves up for but anyway i don't want to talk about this because this podcast is not about marriage and age gap and all that i've said that on this episode before on this podcast rather before if you haven't maybe go back start listening from the grassroots <laughs> but um when the show started and you know so i talk about her work because that show is actually a very wonderful show it is to shed um lights on women who are doing so well who have been in the, in their business or field for so many years who have been able to sustain their business sort of to shine the lights on them and also give advice to younger women who are coming into that space and share their struggles and challenges because now she's successful and has wide array of clientele but the reason i'm talking about this thing is um, she shared a story with myself and the people who were setting up in the studio prior to the show getting started. When the show started, and they, they, they usually, the way the her show, the woman's show is structured is in such a way that they do like, um, I think 15 minutes or so, and then go on a break, then come back and then do another break or something like that. And so when, when, while they had gone on the first break, she had said, oh, the next segment you're going to get into is your love life, your marriage and whatnot. And while we were on that break, she had reiterated some of the things she had said to us while the host was getting ready with her makeup and all that. And so she mentioned again how she had um, been verbally and physically abused in that marriage. And the sort of thing that, um, it's the sort of thing where the man slaps her and before she starts to think that, oh wait, this man just slapped me. This was already in the marriage, right? Before she registers that, oh wait, I just got slapped on my husband. Um, it has already, it did has already been done. And then he's sort of apologizing or something. And then eventually he buys her like an expensive gift, maybe like a sports car or something. And again, this story is not strange because I know that we've had stories of women who have come on social media to say stuff like, oh, I I got married to this person. I didn't know his, what his true color was. And while there are different reasons why we, women sometimes, in quotes, overlook these things, there are also the things with, you know, men who are very good at pretending or women who haven't really dated this person for a couple of um, years or months even before they eventually settle down with this person. And while this was going on, she now said, oh, okay, that's what we're talking about. And she said categorically, no, I do not want this to be part of the show. I'm in a good place now. I have healed, but I don't want this to be part of the show. Because the show is supposed to focus on 
my work and my life and my happy place. And I'm in a happy place now and I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, in that instance, my friend Helen looked at me and I looked at her in return like, I told you. It's not, I don't think it has anything to do with shame. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. It has anything to do with shame. But I think it has a lot to do with, I don't want to be seen in this light anymore. I don't want people to know this part of me. And that's a personal decision. Yeah, and I just wanted to to share that with you guys that, yeah, you can have a story um, to share and people can be comfortable to tell you in the, you know, off camera. But when you say, oh, talk to me about it on camera, I don't think a lot of women or people in general would want to do that. And, you know, this is me saying a shout out to men and women out there, especially women who are going through a tough time with their spouses and they're unable to come out and share their stories because, or even tell their family members about it because they think they'll be judged. And especially because maybe their parents or older siblings have warned them against marrying such a person, maybe because of something that they had said to them and they feel, oh wait, I don't think this person has enough respect for you or this person is going to treat you right. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think that if you finding your confidence means talking about it, I think that you should absolutely talk about it with somebody, maybe not on camera, but you should be able to talk to somebody, one or two persons who can help you through those situations. And now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, if the man had not died due to, you know, one thing or the other, would she have had the courage to actually leave their marriage on her own? I don't know. Because he sort of puts, told her to stop what she was doing, that he was going to take care of her, that is, um, he doesn't want people outside to feel like he can't take care of his, um, wife. And also, it was also that thing of, you know, men not wanting you to look a certain kind of way when you're going out. Um, and it was in the same way you were dressing before, prior to getting married. And I don't, married rather i don't mean dressing half naked naked or dressing overly seductive but i mean looking smart and you know she the man was just a very bad person he was verbally abusing her sort of and also playing these mind games with her when she asked him oh this thing i'm wearing do you think i look good and he goes "Mm, this is what you want to wear okay because he was older than Harry again, which is that thing where I think sometimes is respect. You respect your partner, but at the same time, it's also from a place where you're like, um, if, you're, if, you're, if your partner is not coming out to tell you, oh, I don't like this thing. But there is a way their tone comes off that you know that this person doesn't want you to wear this thing, but he doesn't want to come out to say it. And then, and then when she goes back to change the clothes, Again, I don't want to focus on that story because it was really sad. And I think my friend went home. As we were leaving, she said, oh, I'm going to look for her on social media. Because right now, she's big. Like, really big in her field. And I'm wondering if she had stayed with this man back in the day. If he had, if, Because she, had, she said she had always had the passion for this thing. And I'm thinking, would the husband, you know, the late husband now, let her? do what she wanted to do i don't know but it's really weird that a lot of women's dreams dies in the homes of their husbands or in their homes when they get married and it's a very sad thing 
um, women need to start, and is that thing again of living for your husband or doing things for your husband? I get that like there is a lot of compromise that goes into marriage, but a lot of women are becoming a shadow of themselves, and all they know in marriages now is what their husband wants. Maybe they even like to eat a certain kind of thing, but because their husbands don't like it, they don't even prepare it at all, which I think she had mentioned as well, um, but it wasn't on camera. You know, it's just a very strange thing, honestly. And again, I'm sorry to women out there who don't have the confidence to leave such men. Um, I think maybe talk to a person who you know would have the strength for the both of you to, you know, take you out of that marriage. It's very, very crucial. I don't think that you should stay back in a place where you're not being appreciated as a wife. You're not even being seen as a human being or as a person who has thoughts or a mind of their own or who have dreams to accomplish off of that i also want to share this thing again which i have spoken about on the on the podcast which is the amiable that I, I want to get into so i know i have said on this episode and i think on this podcast i don't know why i keep saying on this episode ah oh, i said on, the, on this podcast where i think that um parents need to understand that there is a level or stage to which their children get to that they can't influence their children's likes, wants, or hobbies anymore. And I think I mentioned it last episode as well, where I said that there's a, a level you get to that you need to talk to your parents in a way that you need to create boundaries. And it needs to happen in a way that you're not disrespecting them or you make them understand that you're not disrespecting them. It's just that um this is the the the, the idea you have for your life and that's not where you know, what they're telling you to do and where you are headed is not stalling. And I don't mean that you need to say it in a shouting manner because, of course, you can't shout at your parents. Even the Bible says, you know, honor your father and your mother. But in honoring your father and your mother, it doesn't mean that you should do what your parents want and sort of suppress what you want. And the same thing goes for when parents choose career, path, paths and um, married choice of a life partner for their children and they i know that they don't mean evil they mean well but i feel like parents need to understand that maybe they, they may be looking at this thing from their own generation and what they think life is all about right now but most of the time it's not really what your children want and i think I think that gone at those days, you have a right to, you know, advise your children on what to do. But I don't think you can force them and use the whole, I'm your father or I'm your mother. I know what to tell you. I know the right thing to tell you to do. Well, you may be right, you know. But anyway, let me get to the story. So my dad, so my dad and my brother have been going back and forth on this thing where... <laughs> My father wants him to do a certain thing and he went behind my brother's back. That's my immediate younger brother now. Behind his back to go and do the registration for him and whatnot and whatnot. And about two or three months ago, I told him, oh, I want you to get ready for this thing. I registered for you because I think that um, it would be a sustainable income source. That sort of thing. And my brother had texted me. My dad didn't talk to me about it. You know, but, um, he had texted me to say, please talk to me and talk to your father. And I said, what do you mean? What's going on? 
And he said, I don't know when we sat down to discuss this thing where he's going behind my back to go and make a registration for him. Oh, I think, oh, this one, I'm talking about the recent one. Months back, he had told him, I think you should register for this thing. Right? I think that, um, because it's a, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to say what it is, right? I don't want to say what it is. So if people don't come with your own opinion or whether it is good or bad or whatever. But he, they had had a discussion where he had said, Oh, I want to put in, no, I have already sent money to them for them to put your name in this thing and give you the slot. My brother had said, Oh no, I don't have interest in this thing. My dad had said, Oh, I've already paid money for it. You can't tell me that. You don't have interest for it. And I think he doesn't want his money to waste, that sort of thing. And my brother had said, no, I'm not interested in it. I'm so sorry. You should have discussed with me before going to make payments. And I thought this thing had died. He was just giving me the gist, you know. And that's my brother was just giving me the gist. And I said, oh, don't worry about it now. Maybe you already told him you're not interested. Now, tell me why yesterday I was lying down on my own early in the morning. And we're even discussing something entirely different with my brother. You know, and then he comes with a voice note that I don't understand what's going on. That what's, what's, what's I'm like, ah, what's happening again? And he said, remember that thing I told you a um, month ago that he said he paid money for them to put my name in a slot or something. Now he's coming to ask me to send him my results. And I'm like, why does he need my results? And he's saying, oh, that thing, the already, the training date is already out and they're trying to move people there. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, I don't want to do it. I already told you from the get-go that I don't want to do it. And my father goes, I'm your father. <laughs> oh my God. I'm your father. Um, I, I have a right to tell you what to do. <laughs> it was so funny because I laughed so hard. To my brother, it was, it was, it was not a joke. Oh, like my, my dad was really serious. And, you know, my brother had said, oh, no, I'm not going to send it to you. Tell me why my father said my sister, that's our last born, to go to his house to tell him. <laughs> to tell him to give him the results by force by fire. And, you know, that was the point that he texted me and he was like, please oh, help me and talk to your father. I am not interested, you know, before they would say, oh, I'm speaking to him in a, you know, bad manner or whatever. I now decided to, you know, speak to him more like, oh, and again, is that thing where I know, I know that parents mean well, which is what the same thing he was saying yesterday. Cause I had said, oh, I understand the parts from which you're doing this thing. You're thinking, oh, I want to do this good thing for my son. So he, he would have sustainable income in the future. And, you know, it's probably coming of marriageable age. And my brother is 26 years old, right? And he's also thinking, oh, he has like an active person he's dating and, you know, for marriage. And my father is probably thinking from the angle, which is what I said to him, right? From the angle of, um, I want him to do something that is sustainable because again, he will soon, you know, start talking about marriage as well. And how would he, what if something goes wrong where he's currently working or what he's currently doing? How is he going to maintain his household that sort of thing and i have to like you know be diplomatic in a way that oh i know that i understand where he's coming from and i also understand where my brother is coming from because um if you force him to go for that training or get into that position and he becomes lackadaisical or he starts to act out who do you think this is going to fall back on 
maybe by that time it's become a disgrace you know for everybody but i also understand clearly that maybe what he's doing right now to most of us it may not seem like something that can that would last for a very long time but again if the person who is doing it who is working it says oh this thing is going to be sustainable for me and it's going to last who are we to tell him you know what to do or what not to do do you understand what i mean so is that thing of we are older right so we are looking on what he's doing now and saying oh i don't think it's sustainable or oh i think you should get into this field or oh i think you should have other plans which again even me that is working i have like a, a corporate work i still have other things i'm doing on the side not because i'm thinking oh they can fire me anytime but again they can fire me anytime i was here sometime in august talking about how my company lets about 40 something persons go not just from my nigerian branch but from you know a makeup of all the other countries we are working with and so maybe they can't fire you you know based on the economic meltdown that is going on not just in nigeria but other countries as well but um is that thing of you know looking at a job and not being sure of how you can make a living from that sort of thing but you know my father also explained his own side and why he and i also explained like okay i get it and i understand but if this man has said oh this is what i'm going to do there's nothing you can do about it you can't force him to do it happy that you know they've been able to resolve and i felt sad for him for my dad because he had paid money <laughs> and he paid he paid money for two people i think my brother and my cousin Unfortunately, my cousin's name didn't come forth. And I'm now having to say, oh, if you had known, maybe you would have pushed further for the other person. And, you know, I'm still trying to see if there's a way that they can give it to my cousin because technically my brother has no interest in it. And quite frankly, maybe I understand why he has no interest in it because personally, I also don't have an interest in that sort of thing. But yeah, that's the amiable I wanted to do for you guys that. <laughs> I have said this thing that parents want to be parents forever. And while they are parents forever, they you have to learn to start being hands-free on your children's decisions. You can advise them on what to do and what you think as an adult. Because again, you have gone past that age where you have seen certain things happen and certain people crumble based on these decisions that they are taking. Um but it's also not in your place to enforce it on them which is why when i go on social media sometimes and i hear things such as oh my parents is making me marry this person i feel like you've not created enough boundary and you have not really separated yourself as an individual and not based off of oh i have to carry on this family legacy and it's sad i'm not going to lie it's sad for the parents because they may have planned out this life for you based on you know, this, this, these are my children and these, these are what, and what I want them to do. But eventually you have to come to a place where you can tell your parents, Oh no, this is not part of my plan. Cause is it not better that you don't continue your family legacy in a very bad way and run down the business or to tell them upfront that I don't have interest in this business that you're making me go into. But again, people, a lot of people are scared of their parents. And again, it's possibly how that thing where I think this thing has also happened in my extended family where they start to report, report you to other, other uncles. And at the end of the day, it becomes a thing where everybody's trying to force you to do it. But 
yeah that, that's it parents please you have to learn to start becoming hands-free when your children are now becoming adults and i don't think you know ways for themselves if they make it a wrong decision last last is going to be on them which is also taking me um to the other thing that i said i was going to talk about um decidophobia is a phobia for making decisions i don't think that that is what i have but i think i'm I've come to that age where you know that is it that you're making this decision or making this decision. So sometime last year, I was at a salon, a hair salon, where this man of God, this preacher man worked in. And, you know, once in one thing, he starts to say, oh, I just, something just ministered to me. Blah, blah, blah. I know at the time, one of my friends was saying, you need to be careful. And the reason why I knew that what he said was right, the revelation he, you know, said was right was because this was something that I was actively dealing with. Um, I've been dealing with this thing for like two years. Yeah. And it's that thing where, um, okay, I'm going to get into it. So a lot of you guys should know by now that I read industrial chemistry and in Nigeria, there are not a lot of industries where you can work or pharmaceutical companies where you can work and be paid your worth per se. And so since after my NYC, I've been struggling with this. Should I jackpot? Should I not jackpot? Um, should I do this or should I not do that? Should I take this exam? Should I not take this exam? And while it may look to some of my friends who have traveled that I am not taking enough actionable steps if truly I wanted to jackpot. Um, it's also that thing where I'm very confused in that people around me know that actively I have been applying to schools and I have been getting admissions both for schools in the UK and schools in the US. Now, the major issue is funding. And because I'm a salary earner, when I receive my salary, I do a budgeting and I have to decide as well how to save for the year in order to pay for my rent, pay my bills, and also be able to help my father in, um, with a bit of money for our last born's, um, feeding in boarding house and blah, blah, blah. I have to plan all of these things. If I don't plan them, then what that means is I may have to start looking for where to borrow money from my friends, which I've said that story here where when I was using CUDA, I was always having to take over draft from CUDA, not because if I had planned properly, I would not be able, that my salary would not be able to sustain me. I would suffer. Yes. I may not be able to eat well as much as I would want to, but it's not a thing where I would not entirely be able to um, fend with my salary. But it's just that I would suffer. You get. And so when I deleted Kuda, you know, and I started to, you know, stick strictly to budgeting and whatnot. And my stuff for Jackpine started to, you know, record. Again, like I said, I've been actively applying to schools and I've been getting the admissions. But now, is it that they give me maybe 5k on top and I'm, I still need to look for 10,000? 
<laughs> or they give me um 6k for four semesters and i still look, need to look for about 20 something k like where am i supposed to get this amount of money from and so i've been struggling with the decision of should i take almost 150k to take an exam and know that oh i may not be able to pay rent the next year see let me break this thing down for you in a way that you understand so if i am saying that within these six months i want to save money to write an exam what that means is my rent money might not be complete for the next rent day so meaning is it that i'm saying this year i want to put everything that i have on this jackpot or i want to do a bit of application here and there and also put down my rent so maybe again it has to do with faith but maybe another thing is maybe in the words of my friend e i probably am not fully convinced that i want to live the rest of my life outside the country and maybe because of that reason um it's seeming like i like that i'm suffering in nigeria because again nigeria is not the place to be especially if you're an, a young adult like me who is trying so hard not to make the wrong decisions because i've also heard stories of people my friends who have traveled and it's taking them like two three years before they are able to stabilize because if you're taking loan <laughs> to travel or you're borrowing money or you are given a scholarship that is not fully funded or even you know 80 or 90 percent you're still going to struggle I don't know if you guys understand what I mean. So I, I think I'm at that situation where I am struggling to make decisions as to what do I want to do in the coming year? Do, you want, do I want to take the money that I have saved, saved or set aside for rent and actively pursue this thing where I am paying for application fees, I am paying for them to process my application as an international student, or I'm taking an exam where an exam that will make me viable to be considered for a scholarship or I am I don't know it's just I've been struggling with this taking of decisions like this and also this is decisions with you know that thing where people say oh marry there's a blessing that attached to marriages at the end of the day God will come through for you guys I think I'm a big believer of I want to be able to be comfortable on my own before i can merge with somebody else in you know marriage because again if i'm struggling my partner is struggling and we come together nobody really knows what's going to happen and i'm not saying that this is me not having faith that um there's no the blessing that's attached to marriage is not going to come upon me and my partner i just feel like so there's that so indecision like oh wait is your partner already are you the one stalling your partner and you know that sort of thing i know that i've rambled in this second part but people who get it would absolutely get it because there's that thing with feeling unaccomplished because probably if i had taken the bold step and left everything else that all my worries oh no don't worry about rent maybe if i've gone to live at home 
with my dad or if i've gone to live with somebody and we are paying in a you know not so okay apartment and we were paying small money and i've been able to put money together for the year maybe i would have been able to pay for these exams and also been able to afford a bit or maybe flight tickets or you know all of those things and i would have maybe taken one of these admissions and gone over there and tried to struggle and struggle so is that thing where i'm not i don't think i want to go to somebody else's country to suffer I don't know if you guys understand what I'm saying. I know I'm rambling, but try and stay with me, right? I know that, yes, I have that off the back of, of my mind. And I also know that maybe if I had decided to struggle for like a year or two, I would have been able to raise maybe a, a bit of the money that I can use to pay for maybe housing. I don't know, but is that thing again where I know that people who have traveled have had help and support from families and also maybe they've had somebody over there who they can live with for maybe a semester or two before they can stand on their own. But as it is, it's just me. And sometimes when I speak with my friends, I worry that maybe the plan that I have for my life or how I want to go, Nigeria is sort of suffocating me, even as an author, as an indie author. Nigeria is suffocating me because some of the things that should come easy if I was, if I had taken that boat step and traveled for school, I would not be in that position right now. And I don't know. It's just that entire feeling of should I have taken that step? Should I still take that step? Or as I am in Nigeria, I'm not suffering per se. I am okay. I can take care of my feeding. It's just. I'm not as comfortable as I want to be. And maybe some of my friends who have traveled within the last four, five years are comfortable because of the way that the countries where they have traveled to um, have enough structure that you can start to build wealth and you can create wealth for yourself. But Nigeria really doesn't have as much as that, except you are you know, into content creation. Because I know like in Nigeria, that's the only way that people get to blow as such. You're into content creation or you are into Best Ninja. A, a couple of people were complaining this past week that women are now uh, betting or gambling or whatever the term for that thing is. And I'm like, because Nigeria has made it in such a way that people are celebrated for having money without really without necessarily knowing the source of those monies. And while, you know, social media and content creation has made it so that it is easy for you to come on social media and blow in one day and have in a, a lot of money, is also that thing where people who genuinely want to work up its work are also now feeling left out and unaccomplished because you have gone to university, you have spent so, so, so number of years, you have come up with a good result and you are smart, you are a hard worker, but you really don't have anything to show for it. Whereas your counterparts in other countries within a couple of years of traveling house are owning a piece of properties of their own. But you on the other hand, you decided to stay back in the country Maybe because you don't have support. Again, you guys have heard my own story. I know, like, I don't have any support from family. And so if I'm taking a decision such as this, I am taking that decision wholly on my own. 
right? And it's that thing where I don't know whether I want to actively travel out without support again from anybody outside the country who can say, oh, I want to assist you. Come stay with me for a semester while you find your footing or come do this. And I don't know. It's just, it's really weird. Again, I don't know that I support gambling, but it's that thing again where anybody can just do these things and come into money of their own. Would you judge them? Do you understand what I mean? Would you judge them for it? Because even those of us who are making money legitimately, we are suffering. And again, people who have these monies, who have come into these big monies from gambling or from, you know, these whole other things, maybe even content creation, which is a good thing or which is a legitimate way now of making money. You also have to realize that if you are going to be doing the corporate life you know and then maybe trying to live legitimately you have to also come to a place where maybe you're content in what you're doing and in what you're getting it's hard anyway but again if you have a if you have experienced you, you know especially with the whole jackpot thingy and at the right time where you're supposed to settle down Maybe come and share with us in the comment section so we know that I know I'm not alone. I know I am definitely not alone because, it, again, like I said, I have a job and I write. You guys, I don't know. I write. I do research writings. I do um paperback formatting for people, for authors, ebook and paperback formatting for authors. And that's how I make money apart from me writing my own books. And so... I know that I make a bit of money here and there that sustains me and it keeps me going. If you have been in this situation where you're struggling with trusting God and just waiting on him to give you direction, which is a, a prayer that I think I've started to pray for the past two years. God give me a sense of direction. And it's also that thing where I have like a lot of talent. I have a, a lot of skills. And I don't know if these skills, God wants me to monetize them or he's giving it to me to have to help people, you know, around me and not necessarily for business. Um, I wrote something on my Instagram, my main Instagram, now not the one for the podcast, where I was saying that, oh, I have gone MIA um, because I don't have a book updates for my own book and this year has been one of the busiest for me i think i'll talk about it towards the end of the year not now and is this year that it's seeming like i'm not going to have a book published not because i don't have a story but because i haven't been able to also decide if i want to have like a launch but all of those things again also have to do with finance you know and all of that and i don't want to rush the process <laughs> and so I'm learning to also um take a step back and say, oh, nobody's chasing me. I'm not nobody's chasing me. I'm not rushing. I'm not running anywhere. Whether I publish a book this year or not, I'm still going to publish a book in subsequent, you know, years to come. But you is that thing where I don't know if this is actually what God wants me to do. And I was writing yesterday where I had said that, oh, I know that writing is something that I can't let go of. And maybe podcasting as well, speaking is something that I can't let go of. And so is that thing where I've been asking God to show me a sense, you know, give me a sense of direction or show me the right path where if this is what you want me to do, I can do this. If you want me to go back to school, 
Meaning, I actually don't want to do my MSc in Nigeria. Meaning, if God wants me to go back to school, it is also him telling me that I want you to leave the country. Yeah. So, is that sense of direction where I'm saying, should I? Because if I go back to school and say, oh, I want to read chemistry or I want to do pharmaceutical sciences, it means that I may not really have the time to do combine that with writing and podcasting. I don't know if you guys are following what I'm saying. So is that thing of if I'm going back to school, I may not really have time to be doing these things, which genuinely I love doing them. And so I don't want my jackpine to come from a place of, oh, I'm traveling based on school and then I fail out of school because even though I am a smart person and I also know that I'll do exceedingly well, because I'm not giving enough time to that part of my life and, you know, focusing on the podcast or on writing books, I would now feel. Yeah. So that's the long and short story <laughs> of this whole thing of my indecision. Not that I have a, a fear or a phobia for making decisions, but I have actively been in this space or trance for two years where i am asking god to please show me or give me a sense of direction is it that this podcast gets monetized and i start to make money from it one way or another or um my writing i start i get a book a book gig or something because indie author or indie authoring is not is my passion but i am not earning from it i'm not earning from it so if I am, but if I am going to go back to school, meaning I'm going to leave the country, I know that I'm going to be well off and I'm going to be okay in that. But meaning I have to now kill this, my dreams, and maybe it will become a thing of, oh, I'm doing podcasting once a month or I'm doing, you know, I'm writing. I'm only, I only have time to write once a week or something like that yeah that's it anyway if you are, if you have been in this space and you have advice for me this week now i'm the one asking for advice if you have advice for me please come into my comment section on youtube and let me know um on youtube i'm mara abutsu or on spotify and other podcasting platforms i am rave with mara um so thank you guys for tuning in this week um see you next week Bye-bye.